This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. Awesome. Good to see you this morning, Life Church. It's great to be together. It's great to, to worship. You know, I, I saw a quote this week which kind of really resonated with me, and it said, When we worship, we interrupt our preoccupation with ourselves. It's good, that, isn't it? It's so true that when we sort of focus on God, we, we forget about it's not just actually about me. It's about him and how we can be a blessing to others. And I want to encourage you to do that this morning to say, yeah, God, in 2017, please keep interrupting me. How about that? Got a kind of an agenda and things I want to do and achieve. But God, it's okay. Interrupt me and I'll get a focus back on you. I'm going to launch our new series, which we're going to pick up as a theme, as an encouragement uh, for you this year, an inspiration, I hope, for this year. And it's there, simply this, light up the world. And I want us to see how that we can be positioned. In fact, God has already positioned us to be a light. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus said, you are the light of the world, A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. So think about that for a moment, that if you're built on a hill, you can't be hidden. Now for us in East Lancashire, in this area, what we have is, we are towns on hills, in valleys, amongst hills. So we are a hill, we are hill people, Yeah. So we are used to seeing hills, we love them, Pendle Hill, how awesome is that? Or the hills around us in East Lancashire, we have the blessing a bit of living in the hills. So we get plenty of uh, liquid refreshment because of that. And uh, it, we, we just love being in the hills. But God's saying to us that we are to be a light to our world. So you think about that, where God has placed you, whether that be, you know, in the NHS, in education, in retail, in manufacturing, wherever you're working, God has positioned you to be a light in that position. God's placed you there. So I want us to kind of be enthused and encouraged and inspired to think about this whole concept, this whole idea that we can be a light where we are. God has placed us to be a light. We can be good news where we are, have been placed. We can be the kind of people who kind of make a difference to make things look better, to make things appear better, but for people to see past what they might be focused on to see something better from God. You know, the Message Bible puts it this way, you are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. And I love that, the God colors. God's not gray. It's not, it's not just, uh, you know, bland. He's not beige. God is colorful. And the lives that we can lead. Some of you are getting it. It's going to take you, some of you a little bit longer. But I don't think for one moment I'm going to quit until I get there. <laughs> no, God's brought us to be, bring color. To be light. To make a difference. And I want you to kind of believe that that's the kind of influence that, that me and you and us as a community can be in 2017. We can make a difference in your street down your, down your street, in your family, whatever, we can be 
a blessing to others, we can bring light. And I want to encourage you and show you how you can be blessed to be a blessing. It's hard to be a blessing if you've not been blessed. It's hard to uh, help someone from a position of strength if you're not strong. But when we get strength from God, when we are blessed by God, we can be those kind of things. From strength, we can be a blessing. From a position of knowing who we are in God, from a position of knowing that we are secure in Him, we can reach out and touch and bless other people. You, cannot, you can't be generous with your time or your resources until you have some of those things. So God wants to get stuff to us so He can get stuff through us. And it's a principle that we understand that God is not a God who wants us to accumulate stuff. And when we come to the end of our lives, haven't I done well? I've accumulated all this stuff. No, God wants to get the stuff to us, through us. God wants to get resources to us, through us. God wants us to, to be strong so we can reach down and pick somebody up. If you're weak yourself, you're the one who needs picking up. And we all have times in our life when we're there. We've all had times in our life when we, we, we've been crushed and perhaps we've been broken. And broken is a good place to be. Because when we admit to our brokenness, we can be made secure and renew in, in God. But God wants us to be strong, to be a blessing and to be blessed. So I want to turn your attention to Matthew chapter 5. And we're going to spend a few minutes in Matthew chapter 5. We're going to specifically for the next few moments look at the first few verses. And these are called the Beatitudes, and it's from what's called the Sermon on the Mount. Now, most theologians uh, say that the Sermon on the Mount was probably a collection of sermons, not just one sermon. It would have been an extremely long one if it was just one sermon. It may be, but probably was a collection of, of sermons. But it starts with what we call the Beatitudes, and it talks about how we can be blessed to be a blessing. And it really focuses on when we have right attitudes and right actions, then God will bless us. And I want to kind of latch onto this and, and, and resonate. I want this to resonate with you and see how it is. But I'm going to read it from the Message Bible just to freshen it up perhaps for you. The Message is a paraphrase. It's kind of an expansion and you can read it in any translation that suits you. But I just for today, I would like you to follow this from the Message Bible. Verse 1, Matthew 5. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. This is what he said. And who's up for a climb this year? Who's committed to the climb? Whatever it takes to be close to God, to be more, become more like Jesus, to get to know more about God, I'm up for that. Let, let, let today be a start of something even better than we've ever had before. Jesus said, you're ble-, keep noticing this phrase, you're blessed when. Jesus said, verse 3, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there's more of God and his rule. Who's ever been at the end of the rope? Some of us. But when there's more of God, it's wonderful. Verse 4, you're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. Being there, seeing that. And this week I've been praying for those who have had that problem. I'm praying for those who are at that position. You know, I'm praying for those 
who that is their current experience. When they've lost people dear to them. I don't know about you, but I've wept with those who wept. The Bible tells us that we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to empathize. We're supposed to get close to those. But when we, even when we lose that, God has an incredible ability to put his arms around us and change us. God can, comes alongside. And you know, when you get to that point, I'll need them again because I can't see without them. Uh, thanks. God, <laughs> God has an incredible ability to put his arms around us. When you're down and out, you're not out actually, but when you're down, God puts his arm around you. Isn't that beautiful? It's awesome. That, and if that's you right now, let God do it. Don't resist him. Don't push him away. Be open to that. Verse 5. He's the one that's tough for many of us. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can, can't be bought. That's good, isn't it? Things that we can't buy with money are ha- much higher value. Our families, people who care about us, a God who loves us incredibly. That, that's invaluable. That, that's beyond. That's priceless. So wonderful. Verse 6, you're blessed when you worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. It's a hunger and thirst for righteousness, as, as the Bible puts it. You, verse 7, you're blessed when you care. Not good. You're blessed when you care. At that moment of being careful or full of care, you find yourselves cared for. Love that. Love that. So, so, so good. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your heart and mind put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete, of compete or fight. You know, the Bible says, best are the peacemakers, not just the peacekeepers. We can make peace in situations. Then you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. Ooh, didn't want to sign up for that one. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they're uncomfortable. Have you ever made someone feel uncomfortable? There's a few Christians that made me feel uncomfortable over the years, by the way. I've got to confess to that. But I'm talking about in a, in a positive way to make people feel like, yeah, I need to do something. I need to get right with God. You can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even, for although they don't like it, I do. And all heaven applauds and know that you're in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. So Jesus is saying we are blessed when our actions and our attitudes line up with him. When we begin to value things that really matter, not what not things that people in our culture believe really matter. And very often, even Christmas is a, a classic example of that, isn't it? When people get absolutely so kind of consumed with consumerism, so consumed with must-have these gadgets, these things that next year will be 
will be no one wants them. Let's not get consumed with stuff like that. Let's value things that really matter. God's, what God says and Jesus, what Jesus often says, it was then and it is now very often appears to be countercultural. But it's kingdom culture. And it's the way we're supposed to live, to be a blessing to others, not just about being receiving something. From, so from blessing, we can be a blessing. And I believe that as we identify with God, as we have right attitudes and right actions, God will bless us so that we can be a blessing in 2017. I can't overstate the fact that I, I fundamentally believe that it's not just about us being blessed when we come together. It's about us receiving so that we can give. It's about us being a channel. It's about us being a conduit so that other people can be blessed. We receive so that we can give. We re- so that when we give, we make room for more of God so we can be a greater blessing to others. And I want you to increase your capacity this year. I want you to have a hunger and a thirst for God. I want you to be prepared to climb whatever it takes to get as close to God as possibly can. It might make me making some adjustments in your lifestyle so you can make room for God in the busyness of our lives, of family and work and everything that we all have, but it's so vital that we make room for God so that God can speak into our lives. God can strengthen us so that we can be strong enough to strengthen and encourage others. That's what I believe the light up the world is all about. And now for a few moments, I want to focus on verse 41. In verse 41 of Matthew 5, Jesus said this, If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. From that we get the expression, going the extra mile, which we understand in, in, in the English language, we understand that that means we do over and above what is reasonably expected. Someone who goes the extra mile, you would say that's someone in whatever walk of life, whatever field, whatever situation they're in. They're prepared to go over and above what's expected, the extra mile. And I want to talk about the second mile uh, rather than the extra mile, or I'll use those terms, I'll interchange those terms. I want us to, to think about that. But culturally, this is what this was all about. And you may or may not know this, but at the time Jesus was speaking to the Jews about going the extra mile or the second mile, they at that time were under the domination of Roman rule. They had been conquered a number of years before, and the Romans brought... Uh, uh, a principle in that, that had been invented by the Persians about 600 years previous to that. And the law of the land said this, that if you're a man or a boy, you were, could be uh, asked, you could be in fact commanded to carry a soldier's burden for one mile. It might be his backpack, it might be something else he's carrying. But if he saw you on the street and you were, you were a Jew, you, 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 were, you were kind of crushed, you were dominated, you, you, you were controlled by a foreign power, you could be uh, commanded to carry this an extra mile. Now just imagine what that would be like to live with. You just popped out to the spa for, for a pint of milk. You have to walk that mile. You get back, your wife says, where have you been? It's only around the corner. Oh, the extra mile. I had to walk that, I had to walk that first mile. 
And just imagine turning off for work late. What, is, what time do you call this? You were late because you had been told that you had to walk this mile carrying this burden. You'd lose your income, you may perhaps lose your job, etc. It would be a horrendous thing to be const- constantly being told that you had to do this. T- this. And the Romans particularly did this to subjug- subjugate or to put on, to crush and to control the people that they were controlling, the people that they were ruling, enforced rule at this time. And you just imagine how demoralizing that would be, that they were forced to do something they didn't want to do. They were forced to give help to someone who were their sworn enemy. They were forced to do something when they would rather be do something for themselves. It was another way of showing them that their freedom had been taken away from them. So So just imagine how you would feel in that situation. And then Jesus speaks into that situation rather than say he doesn't advise them how to avoid doing that. He doesn't advise them how to break the law. He says, well, when someone forces you to go that first mile, this is what you need to do. Out of love, you need to go the second mile. Shock horror. You can almost imagine sharp intake of breath when the, 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 these people who were following Jesus, who were listening to Jesus, preached the Sermon on the Mount, had heard this. You can all, all just imagine what that must have been because they thought, is, is, is he joking? Surely this is one of the worst things we have to do. We get heavily taxed. We get interrupted with our lives. We have to walk this mile. And he's saying we have to go the extra mile because at this time, the practice had been established for a number of years before Jesus spoke into this situation. And it was common practice for the Jews would measure carefully that mile. And they wouldn't do another inch or 2.54 centimeters more than they actually had to. They absolutely made sure. When I get to the end of that mile, buddy, you're having this, they're having this baggage back. You're having this load back. They did just enough. They did what was legally expected of them. They did what the law told them they must do. They didn't do what they wanted to do. They did what they have to do. But when they done their duty, their legal requirement, they stopped. So can you imagine the relationship between the Jews and the Roman rulers? It could never have been a good one because of that situation. But understandably, They did not like this law. So when Jesus speaks into the culture he was in at that time, they heard that sharp intake of breath, wondering what was it. But does he really expect us to do more than the law requires us to do? Exactly. Exactly. So in my relationship with Jesus and yours, please don't ever think, if I just do that, it'll be enough. Because you don't do that when you love somebody. You just don't do the minimum when you love somebody. If you've got a child as a parent, and you think, well, the legal requirement for me is this. If I don't do this, I'll get into trouble. Or um, if I do just that, that'll probably be enough. No, as a parent, those kind of thoughts, for the majority of parents, never enter our head. Because we understand, we believe that we, just out of love, we do it more and more and more and more. We go the second mile. We go the extra mile. We go over and above what some legal requirement or other requirements or cultural even requirements happen to be. We go further than that. And in our relationship with God, 
Church, that's exactly how it needs to be. God requires this of me, we may think. God has commanded me to love him and to love others and everything that goes with that. But actually, that's, I'm not going to stick at that. I'm going to go over and above that. In my relationship with my employer, I'm not going to just make it to 30 seconds to 5 o'clock. No, I might go 30 seconds over 5 o'clock and shop, shock him. I'm not going to do just enough because Christians don't live like that. Christians don't do just enough. Christians go the second mile. Christians do more than enough in all relationships. Well, you know, if you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you. That's not how we operate in the kingdom of God. It's absolutely not. We're going to love you whether you love us or not. Actually, we're going to love you even if you hate us. And what Jesus was saying, these guys are your enemy, your sworn enemy, the Romans who are subjugating you, crushing you, uh, dominating you, restricting your freedom. But I want you not only just to do what they say, I want you to love them. Can you imagine walking that mile and the Christian says, no problem, I'll go another mile. Shock, horror. Soldiers thinking, what's going on here? It speaks into his situation. Immediately it would speak into him and think, whoa, there must be something about these Christians. And I believe if we live like that, that's more powerful than the words we speak. When we say God loves you and we love you, well, that's words and that's important and, uh, and to express that to people. But hey, we need to show it. And it's in the second mile that we show it. It's in the doing more than enough that we demonstrate it. It's in going that bit further, not because we have to, but because we love people and we want to do it. And because the love of God is so dominant in our lives, we have received so much. So what else can we do but do more than enough? Can you do just enough to get into heaven? No, I'm not, not doing that. Can I just do enough to get some kind of reward in heaven? You know, that's not how we think. We're not thinking like that. God loves us. We love him. So we're just absolutely madly in love with God. It would just thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. How can I ever repay you? I can't, but I'm going to dedicate my life. We've sung this already this morning. In the words that we were singing, we were singing about, you know, devoting our lives to God and just this really going to express our love for God in those kind of ways. So what does God require of us? What is the minimum? No, what's the best that I can do? How can I make the most of this short life? To be a blessing to others, to love God, to be an example, to, to, to so others see something of Jesus in me. Not, not the least that I can do, what's the very, very best that I can do? When we go the second mile, we go, we're a, bit, a little bit like Jesus. We're going that bit further. And I thank God that in this community, in this Life Church community, there are many who go the second mile. In fact, many of you don't even, you're not even thinking about the second mile. You, you're on the third and the fourth mile. I mean, you, you, you're way beyond that. And it's such a blessing. And I thank God regularly for the blessing that is in this community. The people say, well, I'm going to do everything I possibly can. Well, you know, I've, I'm doing this or I'm going to let someone else do it. No, you know, that's not, that's not in your vocabulary. That's not in your thoughts. You think, well, I'm going to serve God whatever. 
I'm, I'm going to go as far as I can. I'm going to give the best that I possibly can as a sacrifice to God. I'm not waiting to see what I can get away with. I'm not going to kind of measure myself against someone else and think, well, they do this, or if I do kind of a quarter of a centimeter more than them, I'm better than them. We're, we're not thinking like that. We're just not, that's not in our, in our thoughts. That's not in our language. That's not in our culture. We want to go the second mile. We want to go further because we can. So two questions. Who's going to be committed to the climb this year? And I want to bring it back to say, actually, to be committed to the climb is these people climbed up the mountain, the Sermon on the Mount. They did what they could. Now, we're not suggesting that they were all able-bodied. For some, it might have been an easy climb. For some, it would have been an extremely difficult climb. But that didn't come into it because they wanted to get close to Jesus. They wanted to hear the words of life from Jesus. So I'm, am I prepared to do that? And you know, I want to I help you with this. I, w- I want to help you to know more about God. I want to help you to, to have a deeper relationship with God. Because the, re- the, the rewards of that and the blessing of that is, is beyond measure. It's beyond what we could even begin to describe. Why not, why not read the Bible through the year this year? And you know, if, if that's difficult and time and all that kind of you can actually listen to the bible through the year there's a fantastic uh, alpha app and other other apps as well that you can get and if you want more details just message me and i'll get them to you but you can listen to the bible through the year now what's the best that could happen if you got the word of god in your heart it's all can it's only good with people here who listen, who go through the Bible year after year after year, it's words of life. It speaks life and health to us. Get into a life group so you can be an encouragement. What I get out of being in a life group? Wrong way to look at it. Back to front thinking. Get in there, contribute, and get so much back. Whatever we do for God, whatever we give, whatever, however we serve, it never should be about reward. You know, if I give financially, then I'll get this. No, 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 no. Wrong way of looking at it. We give because we love. We serve because we love. We care about people because we love God. That's it. It's as simple as that. Be committed to the climb. You know, after many years as a Christ follower, I'm still an apprentice. You know, the Message Bible uses that that term, those who were apprenticed to him, those he was discipling, those he was mentoring, climbed up there. I had a significant birthday a couple of months ago, and um, one of my brother-in-laws gave me a pipe and slippers. (laughs) Mildly amusing. I've never smoked in my life. I'm not about to start. And uh, I'm not, I, I, like, I like slippers, I'm comfortable, it's, just, it's okay. But you know, that can be a picture of where we think we are in God. The reality in life, church, is we've got people in their 70s and 80s who still serve God wholeheartedly. They have not taken on the pipe and slippers mentality. They keep on serving. They're not done. It's not over because they're not done. They continue to serve God, and that inspires me. I wanted to inspire you. Whether you're 14 or 94, we can't have a place in serving God. If our, you know, obviously, health, health makes it difficult for some of us. Hey, please don't hear what I'm not saying. But while we have health and strength, there are so many things that we can do. 
We are committed to the climb because we want to get close to Jesus. And, you know, when you're climbing, you you have to need the right gear. Pipe and slippers won't cut it when you're climbing. Slippers are not the right footwear. You need uh, climbing boots, clampons, you need need a good rope and and all sorts of other things that I don't understand because I don't do, that's not one of my hobbies. But you need the right gear. You absolutely need the right gear to climb. Not pipe and slippers are not appropriate for that. And so I'm committed to the climb. Why? Because like these guys who climbed the mountain to hear Jesus speak, my commitment to him is that I want to get as close to him as I possibly can. I want to learn more of him. I've not learned everything I'm there's yet to learn. I still want to read. I still want to listen. I still want to see, learn from other people, not necessarily ones Older than me, I learn a lot from people younger than me. That's a good principle. As you get older, you need to, you need to keep that there. You, you, you do think, well, they have not got the life experiences that I've got, so how do they know? Hey, we can learn from everybody. We learn from each other, and that's, that's important. So be committed to the climb. And you know, to climb, you need to leave as much baggage behind. And I want to encourage you in 2017, there's some stuff that you need to leave in 2016. There's some hurts, there's some disappointments, there's some fear, there's some heartache and heartbreak in 2016. Please don't carry it, because you can't climb when you carry an excess baggage. Leave it behind and move forward in strength into 2017. You know, the first mile is kind of a have-to mile. The second mile is I want to mile. That's the second point. We want to rather than have to go the second mile. I want to say, I want to go the second mile. You know, there's certain things we believe God has has, has commanded us to do and and instructed us to do, but I'm not stopping there. I'm going to go the second, the third, the fourth mile. You get the point. That is our life church culture. I thank God for people who are on the second mile, third mile, fourth mile. You know, someone has said it's never crowded on the second mile. Well, I'm not prepared to accept that in our community. Join us on the second mile. I thank God for those who, who go there. I thank God for those who serve. So, too many to mention, but let, let, let's just reflect on people around us who, who bless us. You know, I'm, I've been blessed again in 2016 by our musicians, our worship team. And so, like, for example, for the 18th when we had our big Christmas production... Every night that week and on Saturday, they were here rehearsing. That's the second mile. That's more than enough. I thank God for those who served us on cafe on Christmas Day and New Year's Day. That's unreasonable that anyone would be expected to do that. No, but the second milers, the second milers, they do, of course, are out of love to serve God. I thank God the people who consistently, week by week, month by week, regularly give financially into this community. I thank God for every one of them. We urgently, desperately need more of us to take that first mile responsibility, to give, to tithe. 
And beyond that, our second mile is our offerings after our tithes. And the reality is, to go forward as Life Church, or even to maintain what we're currently doing with a large mortgage and a small staff, to do that, we need more of us to take responsibility. And I'm telling it, I'm telling it like it is. You know, as a leader, I don't do this to be popular. If I wanted to be popular and make people happy, I'd sell ice cream. I wouldn't be a leader, a leader of a church. We need to take responsibility to say, yeah, I'm going to go the first mile I'm going to give. I'm going to give my tithes. And the second mile, I'm going to give my offerings. And we just need us to do that, to care for people, to love people, to reach people. We need to want to, not feeling that we absolutely have to. It's so important that we do that. You know, we get a choice how we we get to live our lives. We, we can choose to live our lives focused inwardly, looking at ourselves, me and mine. And it's, a, it's important to care for those who are close to us and our families. Absolutely important. But then we can live our lives outwardly and say, how can I bless somebody today? How can I be part of a community that can speak life today? How can I be a part of a community that brings light, that light ups, lights up the world? How can I do that? What's that going to look like for me in 2017? What's that going to look like for me in January? Most of us back at work, some of you have that to look forward to tomorrow perhaps. But, you know, we're going to be back there. Well, you can light up that world in that office. People who've spent too much, drunk too much, ate too much. But we are there to say, well, we, we can actually talk about something that's better than that. We've got Jesus is better than that. And we can be the light of the world. Let's be committed to the climb. Let's be prepared to go that second mile. Not because we have to, not because we commanded to, but because we want to, because God loves us so much. We've received so much from Him. So we're not thinking, what's the least, what's the minimum I can get away with around here? You know, I'm going to go all the way. I'm going to give everything I can. I'm going to care like I've never cared before. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.